Welcome to Bucket of Lobsters, the podcast that explores the mysteries of motivation. Join Rob, Justin, and Jen as they embark on a journey to uncover what drives people to succeed, push past obstacles, and achieve their goals. Can they crack the code and uncover the secrets to unlocking human potential? Tune in and find out. So settle in and let's dive in. Welcome to Bucket of Lobsters. All right. Thanks for joining us here on episode two of Bucket of Lobsters. We have uh, Jason Kleinschmidt. Did I said that correctly? You did. Yeah. Uh, from Aviators Wrestling Club here in Appleton. And uh, we're going to begin with just a brief conversation about what the whole idea behind Bucket of Lobsters is. And we were in Nashville, right? We yes. started talking about doing this podcast. And the idea was we had a few drinks and we were talking about success and building people up and encouraging people and be more positive. And I was trying to tell my kids, always clap for your, your classmates when they do well and try not to be envious or jealous or anything like that. And I think I said, well, it's kind of like a bu- bucket of lobsters, but more like a crab, where if one crab tries to claw the bucket, the rest of them try to pull it down. So we thought, well, we'll do a podcast about this. Yeah, so We'll call it that. We'll call it Bucket of Lobsters. So let's get started. Um, thanks for coming down and hanging out with us this morning. Thanks for the whiskey. Yeah, it's delicious. It's very good. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, where do you live now? I live in Appleton. Appleton. Okay, how long have you lived there? I've lived there since, great question, 2006, I think 2006. 2006. 2006. Now, are you originally from Appleton? No, I'm originally from Merrill, um, which would be uh, just north of Wausau, so oh, between... Yeah. Between Wausau and Tomahawk, if most people like go to the Northwoods. Okay. Um, Where the candy is. Isn't there Merrill candy? There is Merrill candy, but they, I think they just distribute. They don't actually make candy. Oh, they don't make the candy there? <laughs> There's no Willy Wonka chocolate factory no, there? No, uh, no. There is. There is. <laughs> um, but yeah, a smaller town of less than 10,000 people. Okay. Um, I lived in Marshfield, and we had a clinic in Merrill and a pharmacy, and I think I went up there a few times. You come in... There's like a bridge that comes There's into town. There's a big bridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like a, it's like a Rockwellian type of little town. It's, it's a, it's a nice little town. So I read an article the other day, of how kids are more open to doing one sport and focusing on that one sport versus when I was younger, I did everything right. Yeah. So I, what's your take on that? Well, great question. You know, I'm okay. Every kid should find what they like to do. Um, you know, we we work with all kids doing multiple sports. You know, you see it more at the at the high school level. You'll see it at the so-called Division One high mm-hmm. school level. A lot of kids will do one sport. Well, there it's a bigger school. There's a lot more kids. You see at the Division Two or Division Three level of high school, kids are doing multiple sports. Yeah. So yeah. and you know it's because they just need as many guys <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. You know? True. So that's I think that that's part of the different dynamics within within the high schools mm-hmm. is because of the enrollment. Um, but we you know I'm for all kids doing multiple sports. The only thing that I ask some points in time is hey you know what get your couple practices in you know do a practice a week do you know maybe you do two every every two weeks just to still get those reps in so mm-hmm. you're still fresh right. once the season comes. Because I imagine, like, there's some sports where you can take a month off, and it's just like riding a bike, right? Yep. You don't really skip a beat. Or there's maybe just a very small kind of dust off the rust, right? Correct. But I imagine, with, is wrestling like that, or is that, some, I mean, kind of to dive a little bit deeper? Great question. It takes a special person to really be off for a whole month and come back in and not, you know, not feel any rust. 
just because of the muscle memory it takes for you to, you know, your mind to tell your body what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously your opponent, you're wrestling with your opponent and they're doing things that you have to anticipate. So you have to counter what they're doing. So uh, it's difficult. It can happen, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say, you know, for a large percentage of wrestlers, it, okay. you know, it'd be difficult. Especially on, to be, I guess, depends on your successful level or what you think is yeah. a success. So, wrestling, and you, your background is education, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so, growing up, who were your mentors? I mean, who, who inspired you to do what you're doing? I guess the big number one was my dad. My dad wrestled. Um, so, you know, I guess he would be my first, my first person that I looked up to that wrestled. Then I had uncles that wrestled as well. Um, and then I had a coach, um, Scott Arneson, um, who ended up being a head coach in Merrill for a while uh, after I graduated. Um, he w- he kind of took me around, picked me up. Um, actually, when I was in high school, he would come pick me up, and we would work out before school started, um, and then after school, um, and then practice, and then sometimes I would practice even after that. Uh, and then uh, in the off season, we we would lift and and stuff like that. And I would I did freestyle and Greco wrestling, uh, which is Olympic styles of wrestling, uh, not folk style, which is you'll see at the high school level. Um, so those are kind of two of my to my bigger bigger mentors um you know to this day i still talk to his nickname is arnie i still talk to him um weekly or every other week yeah, that's cool. um, yeah that's cool and he actually went with me um last august in september to croatia um overseas his last trip was like i don't know 30 years ago when he was in oh, Ru- wow. he was in russia when it was still part of the soviet oh, union wow. um, that was his last time he went overseas so um i think those were two of my bigger bigger um I guess people helping me in, in in the sport of wrestling. Okay. Um, let me ask you this: So the sport of wrestling, where what is the state of wrestling right now? I mean, there was talks in schools were cutting programs, and and you've got that happening. But you also have the popularity of wrestling in the MMA world. You're seeing a lot of wrestlers come in the MMA world and do very well. Seems like the wrestlers is I mean, being a good MMA guy, I think rest, you have to be a good wrestler. I think I think I see most of the ones that have had success are wrestlers, um, and so what is the state of wrestling right now as a sport? I guess we'd have to go back a few things. So, wrestling was on the chopping block for Olympic sports, so they were going to cut it. Um, I can't. Was it like 12 years ago? I okay. don't quote me on what the years were, um, but it was on the chopping block. Um, so they were going to cut wrestling, and there's a big movement of you know we can't cut wrestling. It's the oldest sport, you know. Uh, wrestling is almost in every single country around the world. Why would we want to cut this compared to some of these sports that are just niche sports in only a few countries? You know, mm-hmm. look at baseball. Yeah. You know, why is that? You know, mm-hmm. um, so that was the first thing where there was a movement to to keep wrestling, um, and he, so worldwide we had that factor, um, and everyone pulled together to to try to save wrestling. Um, and then if we look in the United States. Uh, wrestling is, you know, probably, you know, it's a second tier sport when you think about it compared to the most popular sports. There is no professional wrestling league that's real wrestling. I mean, the WWE. Yeah. I mean, come on now. That's real wrestling. Um, although there's that's not real. <laughs> there are, um, in other countries, they actually do have professional wrestlers, athletes that okay. would be Olympic style wrestling. Um, so, <clears throat> but we also had tied in line that 
takes into effect as well with wrestling. At the college level, they would use Title IX as a way to cut wrestling because they needed to have equal amount of participants between males and females. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all know the big elephant in the room is football, which they have over 100 and some athletes playing football compared to every other sport. Um, and you look at it, depending on the college le- or what college it is, college can be football could be revenue generating. It could not be revenue generating. Looking at how much everything costs and the stadiums and pads and okay, head coaches making five million dollars a year, uh, compared to a, a wrestling budget where you're probably looking at five hundred thousand dollars maybe a year if you're lucky. Sure. Yeah. Um, so just to stick on that really quick. Do you, I mean, if you don't know, you don't, how many scholarships do they give up? Like a D1 school, how many scholarships sure. can they give up for wrestling? Wrestling is 9.9. Okay. So 9.9 scholarships, there's 10 weight classes. So you have to look at it. Most kids are getting partial scholarships. Um, there's very few guys that are getting a full scholarship right. coming out of high school. Some guys, maybe as juniors or seniors, they might have earned to get a full scholarship. Uh, so that's, you know, compared to football, it's either you get a scholarship or you don't have a scholarship, right. you're a walk-on. Okay. So there's no medium, you know. So, I, and I don't know what other, like, individual sports, like tennis or golf or how many they get. Um, but I'm not sure about volleyball, stuff like that. But wrestling is 9.9 only. Okay. And with 10, with 10 spots... You know you need more than just ten guys, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, you're looking, partners. Yeah, you're yeah. looking at getting you know twenty guys in the room or more, mm-hmm. and yeah, how, how yeah. does that go around? Yeah. So and then it's different with the Ivy League schools; they don't have any athletic scholarships at all, but they can get academic, and mm-hmm. there's a whole different story. And okay. if you go to Ivy League school, you're pretty much guaranteed a, a job coming out with, right. with that degree. Sure. Do you think the uh, with the NIL passing that's going to help? get more wrestlers involved, or, I mean... Well, great question. So I had Gable Stevenson, who was Olympic uh, medalist, uh, gold medalist this last summer. Um, I actually had him in our in our room um, in June, and um, probably the biggest pride wrestler that we've had in, in a yeah. long time. Yeah. And he got an NIL deal for WWE. Okay. Um, and he... After he just won his last national championship, um, he's he's in the WWE now. Um, I don't know if he's competed or whatever performed. Yeah, and the under yeah, yeah, working his way up. Right. So and his brother's in it as well. But you see NIL deals coming right now, but I don't think they're going to be anywhere near what football's going to be. I mean, right. Cable Stevens is probably once every decade. Or, yeah. Or, you know, he's like a Kurt Angle kind of a guy. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Um, so I don't. You know, it can help, but I just don't see the money coming yeah. out as much as as much as this. And I think now with the NIL, the NCAA is looking at that like they're gonna. St- I imagine they're gonna. They're gonna crack down. Correct. Right? I mean, this is similar to I think the '90s when all these football players were getting all this money, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. all of a sudden, you know, just to recruit them and everything else. So I. I I foresee something happening. I think they have to govern it to a certain extent, Correct. right? Otherwise. All the big schools were already winning. will still keep Continue. on winning, right? Correct. <laughs> Correct. I think that that's the other difference with wrestling is yeah, there's still big schools, um, but there's some smaller schools that will do do real well in wrestling. Okay. And, and um, you know, look at one um, early on was Edinburgh, which they had. Uh, I think they were top three in the in the country, 
and they're I think their only D one sport is wrestling. That's it wow. in Pennsylvania. Interesting. Um, okay. So, you know, I, that happens. You and I, University of Northern Iowa, they've done really well. That's a smaller, sure, smaller school. You know, um, but the Big Ten's dominate. Yeah, like Minnesota, Iowa, Penn State, Iowa, uh, Minnesota's done real well. Um, and then you have Oklahoma State with with John Smith. Um, they've done really well. Um, but then you have Ivy League. You have Cornell that's done really well too. So. I think there's there's more parity, um, but right now Penn State has dominated for for a long time. Um, Did you see the sketching? And they're going to break ground this summer of Iowa's wrestling facility. I don't know how many millions of dollars they're spending on that, but it makes sense from from Iowa being just known with Gable and everything that's gone on over the years that Iowa would spend that kind of money on their wrestling facility. I've seen that's been in the works for a long time. Long time, yeah. Um, I had taken, before COVID, I would take kids on, um, I would call it a college tour. So we would go to multiple universities, and then we would wrestle with other clubs around the country. And you look at uh, a lot of the programs, and it, it kind of comes down like every other sport. It's keeping up with the Joneses. Um, the, mm-hmm. we, we, need, we got this facility. We need we this facility that. to try to get these recruits. And I think a lot of times it's not necessarily you're recruiting that wrestler as more as you're recruiting those parents. Sure. Um, but... Yeah, you know, for a long time Iowa had the best facility, um, but they were actually down um, below the Mackey. They were in um, a great wrestling room, and then they had a weight room and stuff like that. But then, all of a sudden, all these other universities started, you know, having these facilities, and and they're like, all right, we got to do something. So I think they're they're doing that to try to get you know sure. to keep, continue to get the best recruits as well. You know, Penn State has a great. I think it's it's four mats long. Um, and then they have their own weight room. They have a pool in there as well. Um, I think uh, Cornell, I think they have their own standalone facility, um, so their own building and everything. Um, I'm trying to think who else is another. Minnesota just had another. They just had one, I think, last year or two years ago. They just had their whole new facility. Their wrestling room was an L shape before, and now it's um, big. And it, it's, it's, I have not been in there yet. Um, so I'd like to get in there um, soon. Um, but it's just like every other university of trying to get bigger and sure. better and John sure. Nielsen. There's where all of our tuition dollars go. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think MMA, UFC, is benefiting wrestling in a big way and, and getting more kids, more really good athletes getting into the sport, because it's an outlet, right? You wrestle through college, you may go to the Olympics, and then, then what? Now what, right? Especially at the, like, well, Sanderson, he's going to be a heavyweight in WWE, but, you know, you're... Stevenson. Or Stevenson, Stevenson. not yep. Stevenson. Um, but, like, what about the guy who's wrestling at 126 or 134, and not going to WWE, but you could go in, if you wanted, you could go into the MMA or something like that and compete. There's a... A, a lot of guys that wrestle that are in MMA. Um, it, that definitely translates. Um, you know, I, I just started getting into jujitsu. I, um, I was just gonna bring yeah, up the, yeah. so, that aspect yeah, of it. Yep. Yep. So I just started getting into jujitsu, um, and my um, coaching. Um, um, I don't know. I guess I call him my assistant coach. He's really not my assistant coach. Um, but Keegan Genrick, um He's been with me for I don't know seven, eight years. Um, he wrestled in my program for so many years as well. 
he translated from wrestling to MMA, um, and it's, it's done real well. He's done real well with it. Um, actually, had a fight here. Um, it was last awesome. Month in, yeah, it was great. Here in Oshkosh, um, and he's getting bigger and bigger. Had a had a Bellator fight scheduled. Um, the guy actually pulled out, but he still got he still got his his money. Um, so with that, you know, most of your wrestlers, your successful guys in MMA are wrestlers, or they have a wrestling background. You know, obviously, I would probably say a good percentage. If you look at the titles, title holders, they're wrestlers. Um, so it, it has been good. Um, there was a big uptick, and now it seems to level out. I think, I think we see this happen all the time, where guys are like, "Yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it," and then they realize how hard it is. Yeah. And then they're not back. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It, it does help. It is a good outlet for for wrestlers to to earn some money. You know, after the sport of wrestling, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to continue to get bigger and bigger. Um, you look at you look at boxing, and boxing is those guys still make a lot of money boxing. But it's like almost you don't a dying sport. Yeah, right? dying is like, yeah. off. Like Tyson Fury was the last big exciting yeah. heavyweight, and Klitschko yeah. was, yeah. was heavyweight for like thirty years, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of dying off a little bit, right? So that's where I don't I don't see you know people used to always talk, hey, you gonna watch a fight, you gonna watch this boxing match? You, no one's really saying that anymore. No, no. Now it's now it's MMA has, yeah. has definitely taken taken a foothold in, well, in that. What about like we talked about WWE earlier? Do I mean do kids still want to like when I was a kid I loved WWE like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate, you Ultimate know, Warrior, yeah, Randy said like I love that like <laughs> so. I don't hear kids talking that much about it, I, but. Obviously, they're still in business. They're still yeah. making all kinds of money. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, are they marketing more towards twenty-year-olds, or are they trying to get to? The, I don't know. That's don't a good question. I don't know. I, I haven't followed it anymore. I, I, I just followed it as a kid, yeah. but now I don't follow it anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I followed it as a kid, and then there was like a resurgence in, yeah. like in the nineties. Yeah, like in the mid nineties, like, like, like the NWO yeah. with yeah. the WCW was yeah. really big, and yeah. Yeah. then you know, I. Grew up a little bit more and just kind of moved on, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's entertain. It was entertaining for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my next question would be: Is there a what is the philosophy of wrestling? So you have a very calm demeanor. But I watched you coach my son, who's been wrestling in your club for a while. You're very calm, and I think that's important for that sport and how did you is that something that you developed over time being more calm is that something that you witnessed from your mentors because to me i think you need to be calm because i'm emotional right i'm on the i'm on the mat i'm emotional, yeah, emotional. You know, i, I want to be clear i'm trying to so. stay calm my wife can't even watch it she's gone <laughs> she goes i can't take i can't take this and she's gone so like a lot of times my wife would be like Leo, do you, do you want me to be there when you're wrestling? He's like, no, mom, you, you get too excited. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> you know, she's like, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I think you have a calmness about you. Is that something that's just your character, or is that something that you worked on as being a coach and working with kids uh, in the program? Great question. I, I think I'm calm normally. You know, I have a calm demeanor, but it's definitely taken over the years. I've I've learned to be more relaxed and more calm. That doesn't mean that I'm not in my body. I, I was just going to say <laughs> that. Yeah. I just, but I just yeah. don't show it uh, a lot of times. And the other thing is, is a lot of times I, I like when I tell kids when they get it's it's okay to get excited that you won, but you know there comes a point you got to act like you've done this before yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so 
Humility is a humility. Humility, yeah, humility. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was in my twenties, I was uh, I would get fired up with the kids in practice and try to fire up, fire them up and stuff like that. Now it's like you know what, you gotta want to have that desire inside. You know, if you don't have that desire, how can I how can I get that out of you? How can I make you do that if you don't want to do that? Right. Um, right. So in in matches, I think you know if you're a person that's just gonna yell and scream, you know. There might be 300 matches in a day. You know, my throat's going to be yeah. gone. And, <laughs> <laughs> right, so, right. and half the time the kids can't hear you anyway because they're so focused, you know, on what they're doing um, that they can't hardly hear you anyway. So I'll, I'll talk to them, you know, whether they go off the mat or there's the whistle or something like that and tell them some adjustments. But honestly, 98% of all coaching is done in the practice room, in the wrestling room. It's not actually done when they're competing. Oh, yeah, well said. Well so said. to that point, like basketball, for instance, right, or football, like we have halftime, and you can make adjustments. So there's, is there a lot of spots for adjustments during a match? Just a split second or five seconds or ten seconds when okay. they go off the edge of the mat. In folk style. In freestyle and Greco, there actually is, there's, it's two periods. Okay. I guess I should... Maybe I should go back and say, so folk style is what's wrestled here in the United States. The only, we're the only country that wrestles folk style wrestling. And that's what you'll see at the elementary, the, the high, middle mm-hmm. school, high school level, and at the college level with a couple different tweaks of, of scoring. Uh, so that's, that's, we're the only country that do that. And then um, there, that's three periods long, and there is an overtime. Um, so there they just have five or ten seconds between periods of... Are you going to choose neutral or are you going to choose top or bottom? Okay. Okay. So freestyle and Greco, it's two periods long. And in between the two periods, there's 30-second break. So there you, you get to go off towards the edge of the mat, and you can talk to the coach, and you can okay. try to strategize what's going on, what you know, what are they doing to you, what's working well for you. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you tell them <laughs> off and you throw them back <laughs> up. Um, so... And then the difference with that is free sunk record, they don't actually have overtime, so that's it. They used to, but they don't anymore, so there's no overtime. Um, so free sunk record, there's more strategy that you can do in, in match. Okay. Folk style, there's less. Okay. And I think that's the biggest point and aspect of most of your coaching is all done in, in the wrestling room. No, that makes sense. So comparing the different styles, what do you think? Is there an advantage of one style over another as far as developing a wrestler at a young age? The folk style seems to be, and I could be completely off on this, but it seems to be more geared towards a little more athletic ability. It's a quicker, or I don't know, like freestyle, there's a lot of throws, there's a lot more uh, leverage used, there's a lot more um, strength. And if you're, um, I don't know, uh, is there an advantage of one style or another as the kids are coming up and developing or just do it all and figure it out? Kids should be doing it all. Okay. Um, Folk style is more controlled. Um, So you have to control your opponent more. Uh, Freestyle Greco, if you, if they pass 90 90 degrees, you're getting points. So you're scoring points. Um, You can score, rack up a lot of points easier in Freestyle Greco than you can in, in Folk style. You know, the biggest thing is a pin is still a pin no matter what style of wrestling it is, whether it's folk style, freestyle, or Greco. Uh, but if you want to be a good or a great all-around great wrestler, you should learn all three styles. Okay. And the biggest thing is some kids are, for Greco wrestling, Greco-Roman wrestling, for people that don't know, it's, it's upper body wrestling. So anything from, you know, your waist up 
you use. You can't use your legs. You can't grab their legs. You can't trip them. Hmm. Nothing like that. So Greco is the the oldest sport, and uh, with that, a lot of people think it's all throws. Greco isn't all throws, but most people think it's all throws. Sure. You, know, you can yeah. still use, you know, I can still grab your arm and do what's an arm drag and still go behind and still score. Um, you can still do a front headlock and still go behind and still score. So a lot of people think it's all throws, but it's really not. And when you get to the higher levels of, of Greco wrestling, it comes down to those basic things that you always did and you learn that ends up scoring. It's no different than any other style. It's those things that you do more and more that you're going to score with. Um, so I, I, and it also, Greco gets kids comfortable with going upper body. They're okay, and that helps them in folk style wrestling with, hey, you know what, I'm down by four. I have to throw this person. I have to put them to their back in order for me sure. to win the match. Sure. Well, if you never practice that, how are you going to do it? Yeah. You know, so... so our our point is we want kids to get well versed in all three aspects or all three wrestling, um, you know. And maybe in the future we'll we'll include beach wrestling. But um, so freestyle, folk style, and Greco, learn them all. Do you have to be great in all of them? No, but you should. Okay. You know, I just had um, a family and we joke um, that big Greco guys. Um, the guys never really wrestled Greco until the last couple of years. They started to, and I'm like, you'll actually do well in it. And um, they both, you know, in the state and uh, in the Midwest scene, have have done well in it. Is that their favorite? No, um, but they, they they can prove it and show that they can they can wrestle Greco. So um, freestyle and folk style are pretty similar in, in where you're still attacking the legs. Yes, you can still go upper body. Um, but they're very similar in scoring and everything else. Um, so most kids end up doing just freestyle because it's very familiar, like folk style. Sure. So a lot of takedowns. Right. And the hardest thing with kids doing Greco is they've never done it before, and sometimes they're afraid of doing things that they've never done before. And sure. You know, our, oh, the fear. Yes, yeah. that is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, my biggest yeah. thing is, you know what? Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you get out of your comfort yeah. zone, you're going to be a better person for it as well. Mm-hmm. So. And a better wrestler. So with, um, going back to the teaching aspect with you and the kids, so are you still teaching the kids when they go to high school and they're wrestling in high school? How does that work? Yeah, so uh, WIA, Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association, um, their season is, runs from November through the end of February. Um, if you are a high school coach, you're only allowed to coach them during those months, and then you have some contact days during the summertime. Mm-hmm. Me, as a private coach, I can coach them all year. So they can come to our to our facility and practice even throughout the year. So I have kids that come in, yeah, from five years old. I have college kids that will come in in the summertime, and, and or they'll come in during their winter break and, and still practice with okay. us and work with us. Now, are the – I imagine you have a – I'm hoping you have a good relationship with the high school coaches, or is there ever any, like, I, I met, right? <laughs> uh, there is, depending on the programs. Um, our goal is to work with everyone. It's, you mm-hmm. know, it should be the ultimate goal of working to get those wrestlers better. Um, I've actually had um, a joking with one coach um, who who said, you know what, you know, they're, they're, they're with me now, it's, you know, because it's their season or whatever, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I turned it back to him, and I said, you know what? We're really renting them 
to you because we see them all year yeah. and you only see them. <laughs> and he laughed at that and he liked it. And yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's a funny thing, but he's yeah. a coach that has sent his kids with us all the time. He was joking because there are some some coaches out there that think that they're their wrestlers, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and yeah. and they kind of get um, territorial and think yeah. like you know sure. they're ours. And I'm like, you know what? Um, not a glory hound. That's not yeah. that's not our you know. Um, it's not our thing. Our goal is to get kids better. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that's part of the reason with with aviators wrestling of, I'd never wanted to put my name on it. It's not about me. I think the the people that end up putting their name on their program or what they say is, you know, that's about them. Mm-hmm. And I, I have yeah. a I have a hard time with that people who put their name on it because it comes down to that's about you and what your glory and saying that you did that. But right. Ultimately, it comes down to what those kids did. We're we're part of them building. To them being successful, but it, it comes down to them and not us putting our name on it. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah, yeah. So going back to that, how do you manage the the egos of all that you just talked about and the um, uh, the psychology of the wrestler? I mean, every kid's different. And that's where if you get to know them enough, you know what motivates them, you know what gets them up, you know how to talk them down when things don't go their way. Um, Now, does that come with experience uh, and and having a good understanding? Because everybody's different. Some kids respond well to yelling. Some kids do not. Uh, Some kids respond well to maybe 9 out of 10 times you're giving them positive and maybe one constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. Some kids respond better to nine constructive criticisms and one a positive thing right. so um how how much of a challenge is that as a coach to try to constantly because i think for me as a parent you know uh managing their psychology is just important as managing their training and working out and practicing because right. And, and my son's the one that kid, always wants to look at track. What's their, how many stars do they have? How many wins do they have? I'm like, let's not worry about it, Correct. because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna psych yourself out. Uh-huh. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna talk yourself into losing before you even got on the mat. So I try not to even let them look at it. I'm like, my phone's not working. Oh, the internet, <laughs> the internet's bad here. I can't I can't see. I can't I can't get on track right now. I can't see what how many stars he has. So talk to us about like how you manage all that because I think wrestling is such a grueling sport physically but also mentally and you have to kind of balance both of them and in your mind what is more important the physical attributes or the psychological it really is both it really is both um with that the first few things i would say is we know our wrestlers if our wrestlers are in we know how they how they are you know uh, it's it's me and keegan that are the main coaches that are in that in our program right now And, and with that we see these kids constantly, you know, multiple times a week. So we know them, you know, I wouldn't say like the back of our hand, but we know them really well. Um, and I think that kind of gets lost with certain people in other programs where we actually know the kids. Um, we know what they like outside of wrestling. We know, you know, um, how they tick, how they operate, um, you know, what we can do to pump them up or what we don't need to do to pump them up because they could get, you know, yeah, go, uh, way over go the overboard. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one of our biggest things. We have built up a, a very good rapport with our wrestlers. Um, and in the practice room and stuff like that, I like to joke around with the kids, um, kind of lightens things up. Keep them loose. Me, 
Yeah, doesn't yeah. mean that we don't work hard because we yeah. we definitely yeah. work the kids really really hard. Um, and then with that, you know, we talk about us being the hardest workers around, and and we don't get tired. And with that happening, you know what? You may be down by two points, you may be down by four points, but you know what? They're getting tired, and now you're going to come and capitalize on that and, and win on them. Uh, and that happens frequently. Sure. Um, you know, so I think those are the two biggest things of number one is being there with those kids, knowing what they do and what they're good at. You know, what moves they they do. Um, you know, where a lot of times you'll see coaches like, well, I don't know what to say because I don't know what they do. Well, you're not in the room. You're not right. spending enough time with them. Right. You know, right. and I think that's one of the biggest things I have a hard time with some kids is like, you know what, you got to be in a room. You got to be in a room. You know, and it doesn't have to be five days a week, but you still need to get those touches. But it's also to hone your craft. But it's also for us to work with you and, hey, you're a lot better with this. You should be doing this move rather than this move. This move isn't working so well for you. Let's do this one because you are being successful in it. Now, going back to training the kids, first of all, that was awesome. So thank you for that. Obviously, wrestling is very physical, right? And pretty much any sport, you're always doing physical things to get better at that. So sticking on that whole psychology aspect, do you ever do activities for the kids that are strictly mind, not mind games, but just like mind, helping them out in their minds, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so there's things that we do um, to try to challenge them mentally. Like, okay. yeah. uh, you know, um, I'm not going to say exact things, but we'll do physical things to try to challenge them, to, for them to think, like, okay. I can't do this. Yeah, that makes sense. You know sense. what I mean? Like, all right, you're going to see how many times you can do this in a minute. You're going to see how many times, you know, we're going to do this as fast as you can and see how, how fast you can go. Um, I, I do something, and it's a joke, but we call it Stations of Death. Um, <laughs> I'm curious now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where we'll come up with different activities for them to do, and you got to do as many, you got to do that activity okay. as many times as you can possibly do it in a minute. And, and it could it could be all upper body, it could be lower body, it could be cardio, it could, but it's a mental aspect. And then, yeah, it's tough for that minute, but then mm -hmm. after you're done, it's like, Oh, I wow. can accomplish anything. A right absolutely. Now. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, now you just had a 15 second break. Now it's to the next <laughs> one. You know, and, and after that, the kids are like, I think in the moment, they don't necessarily like it, but afterwards, and they realize that they've accomplished and what they've accomplished, they're like, this is awesome. I really like it. And we'll have kids that are like, you know what, can we do stations? Can we do stations? Mm -hmm. You know, that's asking great. about it. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the mental aspect that you, that you talk about with kids. Um, you know, I had, if, we go back two years, I had a, a kid that actually was at regionals, um, is it regionals? Sections. It was, it was COVID, so it was a different way of how kids qualified um, and everything, and he ended up not making it. And, you know, I, I told the kid, you know what, keep your head up, keep working and everything else. Mm -hmm. And up, a kid broke his hand, and he ended up taking that spot. And I, I said to him, hey, you know what, just let loose, you know, just because he would be so wound tight yeah. of yeah. not mm -hmm. wanting to make mistakes. And, he, you know, he came out and he ended up being second in state, which wow. he actually wouldn't have been a state qualifier. That's exactly. awesome. So, yeah. That's you know, those are the, the things yeah. that you have to work with kids and knowing the kids and how they operate mm -hmm. to get maximize their potential. Very cool. Now, how do you ever, I mean, I see this with our kids, and I'm sure you do as well, is, I can't, right? I hate those words. I, I just like it drives me. We don't say that. Like, yeah, you we don't say we can't. can't. Yeah. Infuriates me. Yeah. Right. Every, every, every single time we hear we say that, 
you can't. not saying that. Mm-hmm. That's not something you know. Not we don't allow that. Yeah, yeah, we don't accept that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know. So first thing we do is okay. Why do you say you can't do it? And, and you know, because it's difficult. Well, okay. Like you know, and there's definitely moves that are difficult in certain you know for kids and, and stuff like so. Let's break it down. Let's figure out where's the issue. Where do you mm-hmm. think you are unable to do that? And then they're successful with it. And like, oh, I can do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't don't like yeah. like hearing that word. <laughs> like a swear word almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. No. There is no can't. Yeah. Was that from Rocky? <laughs> There's no tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from the sport of wrestling, and looking at as you advance in the sport, a person gets better and better in the sport. And they're fortunate enough to to compete at a higher and higher level as they go on with the sport. Which becomes more or less important? And I don't know if I have the words right, but the law of diminishing returns. I mean, a kid who's really strong and athletic could be very successful at wrestling early and not have to be a great technician. But as time goes on, you're competing against kids who are now just as strong as athletic as you are. Catching up to you. Right, so then, am I correct in thinking that, but strength is very important, uh, but as time goes on, strength has a lot of diminishing returns and your technical abilities uh, become more and more important as you advance further and further into the sport. Am I correct in thinking that way? You're 100% correct. Yeah, you'll see that. A lot of... um you know, I'd say probably kids from five to eight or nine. They're they're usually um, stronger than the other kids that they wrestle, or faster than the other kids that they wrestle, and they end up beating them. And they'll do, you know, uh, moves that aren't that technical. Yeah. So they're just, you know, uh, bulldogging the guy down, or they're just, yeah. you know, throwing them around because they are stronger, stronger, faster. faster. Um, and then a lot of times, if those kids. If that's all they do and that's all they continue to do, when they become 9 through 12 to 13, 14, you know, if they start wrestling that same competition and those kids are getting more and more technically, it's not going to work. And then that kid gets frustrated. And then a lot of times they end up quitting because they're never getting better on the technical side. Um, And that's part of what we talked about of getting kids' losses. Yeah. Because you learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are opportunities that we can work with kids that, hey, this is what you need to do to get better, and now you can beat that kid. Uh, and I, I talk to our kids all the time about you you can wrestle with anyone. You know, In our room, we have guys come in all the time that, you know what, you can wrestle with anyone. We have D1 coaches, college coaches come in and they're like, you know what, this room is awesome. This is the way it should be. And, yeah. and they're like, your guys can all wrestle. Like, That's our goal is... You know what? They might not be the most gifted, physically talented kid in the world, but you know what? They're going to give it every single thing they have. They're gonna, they know what they're going to do, what they do well, and they're going to continue to work to do those things or get in those positions where they can score and end up winning matches. So with that, you see, you see kind of a pyramid effect of, you know what? You have so many kids at this younger level, and then all of a sudden you start losing more and more kids, and part of it has to do with them not becoming more and more technical. And it comes down to sometimes it's, in wrestling, it comes down to kids that maybe don't want to learn the technical aspects because they think, hey, I'm winning all the time. Yeah. Why do I need to learn that? Yep. Or number two, it comes down to sometimes in other programs of coaching of, you know what, we're just going to continue to do that and do that and do it and do it. But then they end up not being successful later on. You know, I think that's where we talked about with having both folk style freestyle and Greco, 
you're multifaceted. You're in certain different weird situations that you know how to wrestle in those situations and be successful. Let me ask you this. I have a, so talk to us about this international tournament you just had. Um, I thought it was pretty amazing that you're able to make that all happen and coordinate all that. When did you have that idea? I mean, was this your first one, right? This, this was the was first the international tournament. First international tournament that, that you had in Appleton. Yeah, it was fantastic. And how did that come about? When did you first think about doing something like that, and how difficult was that? Uh, um, well, whole backstory. So uh, when I was in college, um, I did a semester abroad. So I, I studied overseas. I studied in Europe. I studied in Germany, Poland, and Czech Republic. Um, and when I was over, when I was overseas, that's when I, you know, I've always loved the sport of wrestling since I was in it, you know, since I was five. Um, and my thought was, you know what, wrestling's all over the world, you know. My biggest thing is how can I use wrestling and my education and everything else to continue to do it. Um, and that's kind of when, and it would be 2000 and 2002, I think. So almost 20 years is when wow. you could really. Okay. Yeah. Now, that was my goal in the back of my head. You know, did I ever, did I put forth of, all right, I'm going to do it now, back then? No. Um, really, it came down to, um, you know, I traveled afterwards. I traveled overseas after I got out of college. Um, and then I would probably say um, probably seven, eight years ago, it kind of continued to go in the back of my head of, you know what, why not do this, why not do this? Um, and as aviators grew and got bigger and bigger of, you know, before uh, we were just in, in high schools um, or middle school. It actually, Aviator started in 2008 um, in Appleton at Wilson Middle School. I actually had to put all the chairs off in the, in the cafeteria. <laughs> had to put all the chairs away. I got, it takes an hour to set yeah, up. Yeah. Exactly. All the chairs away, roll the mats up and everything, and then we had to do it all over again. And then the lunch ladies were mad at us because we didn't put these chairs were two inches off from where they should have been. Um, you know, to end up being in wrestling rooms at the high schools, to then eventually we got our own facility, and then now we're you know almost two years in our own standalone building. Um, so it's been a long time, and then I started um, started going overseas with wrestling or with wrestlers, and uh, now I've I've traveled overseas with kids, and now we're we're about two. Two um, two trips a year is where, where we'll go overseas, and I'll, I'll bring wrestlers overseas. So with that, I have contacts um, and coaches all over, and I'm like, you know what? It's it's a goal of mine. I'd probably say, well, four years ago, it really hit of, let's do this. Let's get people here, and how am I going to get them here? Um, and the first thing is, number one, is getting contacts mm -hmm. and, and, and finding like-minded people. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, because... I imagine you got a lot of pushback from a lot of folks, right? Well, or or maybe no, not. No, no, and I've got a lot of pushback even me doing this of people like number one I think okay, this is the first individual tournament with that we had in the United States that I know with folks or excuse me, freestyle, Greco and then women's freestyle. Okay. All together. Um so I got pushback, a lot of pushback within Wisconsin within, you know, uh, of you know, Kind of same thing with your your bucket of yeah. if if you're doing it, yeah. you know people don't want you to be successful. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and I have a hard thing of yeah. you know what if if 
if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And whether it, you know, it might take me a while, but I'm going to do it. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And um, luckily, I have a, a good friend that's in in Sweden that, you know, he's like, you know what, we're we're going to come. Awesome. Um, Very cool. And with him saying he's going to come, I put stuff out and talk to other contacts uh, in, in Europe, and and they're like, all right, now I got another team that's coming, and now I got another team that's coming. So then I end up having seven seven countries coming, you know, to the Fox Valley area um, to come and wrestle. You know, and it was a huge thing, a huge undertaking on my part. A lot of, a lot of work. Imagine. Um, yeah. You know, just coordinating of of us. You know, we had we have three vans going down to Chicago to pick pick teams up from Chicago. It's easier to fly into sure. O'Hare than it is mm-hmm. to come up to Appleton. The amount of money it costs for airline tickets extra to come to Appleton. Um, so I was like, you know what? It's going to cost me money to get them here, but my biggest goal is for us to number one. Provide kids opportunities to wrestle, mm-hmm. but then number two, culturally, for us to yeah. learn all our different cultures. Yeah, how cool is that? It's really cool. Right? So yeah. that was that was my huge thing in doing that, and, and now I think my goal is hopefully people understand and realize what my kind of my my, my vision was in my head for them to see it, and, and now that they've done it and they came to the tournament, kids wrestled in the tournament. I think it's going to continue to grow. I have other teams that want to come. Um, next spring, uh, so we'll have it in spring, we'll have it in April, um, and hopefully it'll grow bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we started, we have a, a nonprofit organization that we um, we started that hopefully we can continue to raise some funds that we can get uh, more and more countries here. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the name of the nonprofit? Uh, it's called No um, Kids Need Opportunities Wrestling, um, or Kids Need Opportunities to Wrestle. Um, so we'll have stuff out in the future about that as well. Um, you know, kind of in infant stages of of, of our um, our board and everything else, and getting that bigger. Um, and it, it's not only just about that, about bringing kids internationally to wrestle. You know, I grew up and I wasn't, I didn't have very much money at all. Sure. Um, so not at all. And you know, um, wrestling brought me to where I am today. If it wasn't for wrestling, I guarantee I would not be sitting here with you at all. Um, I know I wouldn't have been a college graduate or anything like that. And uh, so my goal is to provide kids the opportunity to wrestle and hopefully, you know what, they use that as an education and a goal for them to succeed in life. You know, be a productive citizen, whether that be, you know, uh, a teacher, a policeman, a firefighter, or, you know, you can be an electrician, you can be a nurse, you know, something like that. But if it, a lot of kids, they need something to motivate them, and I think wrestling can be a big motivator for them to wrestle. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Yeah, Congratulations very cool. again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so and with yeah. that, I guess I, I yeah. want to say, you know, I'm lucky that I had families that believed in me and, and what I did. A lot of the families, they took, they took teams in. Um, I actually had one family that had three different countries um, oh, wow. at their house. Uh, it was, yeah, it was kind of a mad house, but yeah. they, they had no problem with it. Yeah. Exactly. Great experience. And part of it was, uh, the dad went with me um, to Sweden, and I think he, he understood and realized it, um, and and wanted to do it, and wanted to have you know they were the one team that came. They said we'll take them, and then all of a sudden I had two other teams, and they're like, yeah, we'll take them, we'll take them. Um, so you know that family, I had other families that took in other other teams, and they thought it was awesome because number one, you're living with them, 
they're learning your culture and you're learning their culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Each family or each team actually, um, they made dinner for their host family, so oh. they actually could have a more traditional or authentic from their from their. Uh, That's cool. Their country, and then obviously they, you know, the same fold with having dinner at, at their house with okay. them learning um, here of our culture. And the other thing is, when I talk to the teams coming here, I'm like, you know what? This is Middle America. This isn't this isn't New York City. <laughs> Midwest. This is Hollywood. You know, Fox Valley. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but they actually, it's more genuine. They actually yeah. like it, and they you know, to see yeah. them and. You know, the, the surgeon were running in the Wolf River, so they got to see the sturgeon. Okay, that's um, cool. Which you'll probably never, never ever see, see in their life. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and National Geographic was actually there. I took a picture with all everyone. Um, that's I don't cool. Know if they'll make National Geographic. That's good. Cool. Um, so, you know, those types of things. Uh, to actually, it was I think it was like forty some degrees that day. It was rainy, and we took them to Lake Michigan because they wanted to see Lake Michigan. We went to um, two rivers, and they actually a bunch of kids went and jumped in. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that on your Facebook page. Are you crazy? <laughs> um, so, I, you know, and then the other aspect is, you know, I had 80-some kids in our wrestling room packed to the gills of us all learning wrestling from each other, you know, from coaches from other countries teaching technique to myself teaching technique to them. Mm-hmm. It was a great experience, and then, you know, at the end of the day, we eat dinner and stuff like that, and, and we talk to each other, and... and we like to do. obviously wrestling is the main focus from there, but to branch off sure. and, and mm-hmm. what we all like to do and yeah. and as as people. That's, That's awesome. super. Now, uh, did it, have any of the kids stayed in contact with kids from other countries? Yeah. 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 Uh, with yeah. social media now, everyone's, yeah. everyone's yeah. you know Instagram. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I have kids, you know, Snapchat, Snapchatting oh, Snapchat. even me yeah. um, from over. I have multiple kids from Sweden, so yeah, they're That's Snapchatting cool. each other. Um, they're messaging, you know, on Facebook Messenger to um, using Instagram as well. So yeah, they're all follow each other and they stay in contact. And I think that's the other thing of now that kids have done that, I've had other kids that say, okay, now that I've wrestled these kids at the international tournament, mm-hmm. I want to go overseas. Sure. I yeah. want to go yeah. do this. Um, and that's part of a, me providing opportunities for kids. And you know, I tell the parents, you know what? Yeah, it does cost money. Yeah. But you know what? This is a once in a lifetime thing, and mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity, they're never going to forget this ever right? in their life. Yeah. I guarantee it. They get a better worldview. Right. Better get some uh, culture. Culture. Like, yeah. You know, yeah right. Open your horizons. You see other cultures. You kind of understand mm-hmm. people. You know yeah. their culture a little more. Um, so how did you get? Interesting about Gable Stevenson. How did you get him to come last um, summer? And his name is Gable, Gable right? Yes. Named after Dan, named Gable, Gable. Dan Gable. Kind of like Tyson Fury is named after Mike Tyson. So it's like it was destiny. The name naming them, and they, <laughs> yeah. they became champs. Um, so interesting. So a few things. Number one is uh, Trevor Brandville, assistant coach at University of Minnesota. Um, no, Tre- Trevor. Um, he actually, for a while, he grew up in my hometown, uh, but his dad ended up moving. Um, so there's kind of a backstory with him. He wrestled for the Badgers, was an All-American. And then uh, I had a friend um, who also works, um, was in my program, Aviators. They ended up moving to Minnesota and um, has good ties with the University of Minnesota. Actually, his son signed to wrestle for Minnesota. Um, and he has one more year of eligibility. He'll be a senior next year in high school. Uh, so talking about them and talking to him and, and talking with Trevor, like, yeah, absolutely, you know, we'll come and, and Gable and myself will come and so cool. we'll do a, we'll do a camp. Um, so 
It was literally like one month before the Olympics, One right? month before the Olympics, <laughs> yeah. yes. and, then he won, and then he won gold. Then he won gold. Oh, yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. and I actually Super have a video cool. of him. Um, we were playing a tag game, and he was chasing uh, chasing one of the kids, and he ended up, uh, there's, on the edge of the mats, there's two kind of pillars, and he ended up running into one of the pillars. So I'm like, great. <laughs> oh, like, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what could have happened there? If, I just if, injured the Olympic right? yeah. gold medalist. So, um, and Gable's a... Uh, you know, a lot of stuff you'll see was was for show. Um, you know, very humble, very humble person. Uh, and, and talking, having dinner. Um, you know, ha- has his head on, on on his shoulders correctly and knows that. You know what? I have this gift, and I'm gonna use this gift. Um, you know, and he says he wants to do an MMA fight. I don't know in the future. Yeah, I've heard that too. Happen. Yeah, I heard that too. You know, um, he also talked about he wanted to be. You know, to do in the NFL as well. Um, you know, I, being that physically gifted, and, and I don't know if you've ever seen him do uh, his backflips after he's won nationals it's or won gold medal. I mean, the guy is—he's up there. He's, he's just first. a freak. He's a yes, yeah, but he's not like a—he's not like a huge, like muscular, muscular guy. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, he's jumping and doing a backflip. It's—it's it's like ten feet up there. Oh, I mean, he's up there. And he's what about two forty? I think two four two fifty somewhere yeah, in that range. Yeah, yeah. that's you know? a big guy. So yeah, um, being able to do that—that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me, I would. I might be worried. Or NFL, but who knows, right? It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how what how many how many million he signed for with WWE, yeah. but obviously we know that. Yeah, you know, that's you got to fulfill that contract. Right. But, like um, Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Lesnar yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. did. Well, he tried football. Whatever, but then he right. did WWE or what, whatever yeah. it was at yep. the time. Yep. But he did MMA for. He did MMA. Oh yeah, yeah. he was. And now he's talking. He wants to do go back again. Yeah, yeah. So, and 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 Gable and Brock have worked out quite a bit because they were both heavyweights for the University of Minnesota, Minnesota. so they're yeah. both national champions. So, um, definitely um, some connection. there. Connection. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so. So you started this club, two thousand eight. Correct. Yep. Any detractors? Did you hear like, oh, what are you doing? Other than the lunch ladies. Yeah, other than the lunch ladies. Yeah, like, was there so there time like people are just like, what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense. There's no market for this. There's no interest in this. Or did you get any kind of detractors in the beginning? Absolutely. I mean, constantly. Um, and originally, I first started. I, I became a head coach um, at, at Appleton West High School, um, and that's when I. I Started aviators and originally it was a freestyle Greco program, because at that point in time, um, as a high school coach, the whole contact thing with when you could con- or when you could be in contact with them off off in the off season, freestyle Greco you could at that time. Now they've kind of cracked down on it again. Um, so I started as a freestyle Greco program to get our kids to wrestle outside of just the season mm-hmm. to get better. Uh, and then with that, I had you know I had kids from. All over the area, they would drive over an hour to come come and train and practice, and they still do. You know, hour and a half. Um, some kids will drive to come train with us, um, and a lot of people are like, "What? You know, what are you doing? What? Are, you know, why are you doing this?" And and you know, we were very successful even early on with having kids come into our program. Uh, I'll actually have one of our um, alumni is coming this back this summer that wrestled for the University of Purdue was oh, a two yeah. time cool. um two time NCAA qualifier. Um and you know, 
those kids were the ones that kind of started it and were the foreground of coming to aviators and, and, and for them to see and to build, see where it is now today is kind of amazing to go, okay, we were in this little lunchroom. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah. but there's always detractors of, you know, yeah. why are you doing this and I don't understand and, and you know, and people say, don't go to that program, yeah. don't go to that, you yeah. know, don't do that. And, and you still constantly have that. And, I think our, our biggest thing is we're true to who we are. Um, we don't try to promise things that you can't give to kids or to parents. Um, you know, I can guarantee we're going to work your kid hard. I guarantee they're going to get better. I can't tell you they're going to be a state champ. I'm mm-hmm. never going to tell you they're going to be a state champ. But I, I, I'll give you those, and they're going to have tools to be a successful person in, in life. You know, They will learn those things within our program. So do you, go ahead and stick with that topic, do you have parents who don't sign their kids up because you didn't say they'll be a state champ? Oh, I'm sure we have. You know, I, Do I know them for sure? No. But I know that there's people that have left our program because other people have told them that they'll, they'll do that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you know what, then maybe this wasn't the right program right. for you. Um, you know, but I, And that's okay at the end of the day. It really is. It is, but the, you know, our biggest thing is we want to try to work with as many people as possible you know and the other thing is we also got to pay bills (laughs) (laughs) you know um so but in hindsight or or looking at it you know what we probably weren't the right program for you because you looked at something that someone tried to promise you that Mm -hmm. no one can really honestly deliver right can't deliver Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed a deep dive into this fascinating topic with Jason Kleinschmidt. Stay tuned for the next episode as we continue this conversation. And in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform and join the conversation on social media using hashtag Bucket of Lobsters.